0: want Cash
1: money. It's time for another episode Cash of Cash
0: Money. Right. It's time for another episode of Alright
1: Bet. Wanna bet?
2: Wanna bet? No! God, please, no! 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 God, please, tease no! It. No!
0: Tease it. tease it, tease it, tease it. Wanna wanna check a <laughs> Wanna wanna check a nina for
3: a dollar i'd buy that for a
1: dollar all right everybody hey it's time for another episode of all right bet it's your weekly show we are tuning in and at the end of the show we're going to give you our big six picks you guys that are tuning in to throw some bets on some games this weekend and will be here to give you some insight as you can see my border is not in the house as of yet because i'm about to bring in my guest for this week oh man and you will recognize him Friend of the show, welcome back to DWMOD, Mr. Jim star from American Gladiators. There you are, sir. A lot of people may recognize you as laser, but we know you as Jim.
2: Hey, how you doing, Mikey? Nice <laughs> to have you.
1: Nice to be back on the show. I think oh, this is, man. I don't know, three three times.
2: No, nah, I, I don't know. might might Something be. Like that. Might be. Yeah, and, uh, so it's great nice. to see you, man. Things going well. Yeah. Things are going very well. Um yeah, some really good things going on in in my life, a couple, a couple bad things, uh family type stuff, we can go through that. Uh, a little sad part of there two incidences that are happening in my family, but overall things are doing really, I mean, as far as my personal life it's going very well. Very great, well.
1: Great, great, great. Well, hey man, I don't want to, you know, pry into that, but if you if you want to uh, you know, discuss that, hey, you know, we're welcome to welcome to do. Absolutely.
2: That. Yeah, so I <laughs> So I just, you know, I was with the, my wife and I, we, we have a house in California and one in Bend, Oregon. Uh, and I got it. I landed a job with a startup company out of Denver. And it was okay. an application where you took your cell phone, scan a plate of food. And within seconds, it'll segment it and yeah. it'll know everything on your plate. Calories, protein, carbs,
1: fat, the whole thing. That's amazing. We were talking about that yeah. last time you were on the show. It's I, yeah, I was looking to get an amazing.
2: And That's unfortunately, true, yeah, unfortunately, they just couldn't raise Series A funding. That they, their that Theranos deal years ago kind of ruined that market. And so, you know, I was with the company two years. They they finally folded their doors. And so that was in March of this year. Oh man! So geez, I I went March all the way till last month. I must have put in over two hundred resumes. And I'm a seasoned veteran. I was a, you know. A, product development for nutritional products, dietary supplements, on and on. So uh, lo and behold, um, I was approached by a a good friend of mine, a colleague, through a company called NSF. And NSF is a third-party certification company that certifies water filters, plumbing supplies, home goods, dietary supplements. You'll see the NSF logo now going forward. You're probably like, oh my gosh, it's everywhere. So I've worked with uh, David Trozen over at NSF for years on doing certified for sport products. Uh, You'll see in the, you know, Major League Baseball, NFL. So the only products that they can uh, uh, safely take, knowing that there's no banned substances is by NSF because we do the third party certification. So uh, David got a hold of me and said, Hey, there's a, there's a job that's going to be opening soon. And I think you'd be perfect for it. So I, he put me in and obviously had to go through the, you know, all the different sure. interviews and went through four intense interviews and happy to say I landed the job a month ago and I've been on the job for four weeks. It, it It's a dream. It, it, it's something I've always wanted. I always wanted to work for NSF uh, 20 years ago and, and now I am and I'm so happy and proud that it, it's probably the best position job i've ever had and i'm 61. i mean it, it let me tell you i i put my resume out over 200 times since march till probably september i didn't get one call not even an interest and so tough
1: market, man,
2: Oh, uh, a tough market, you know, and I think they can see by your resume how old you are. Nobody wants to hire a 61 year old man, but
1: <laughs> well, they're not paying attention to your Instagram. because yeah, so. There's photos on there of you after a workout at 61. And I'm like, my God, I've never looked that good. I mean, <laughs> yeah.
0: you know, no,
2: anyhow, but my, my, my role, my title is director of client engagement. And, uh, it's right up my alley. And you know, I'm not in sales. I don't compete with sales. I support sales and the account management team. And uh, it's I, we work with some huge brands uh all over the country, Wegmans, uh CBS, uh uh Walmarts, all, all of them. So really happy to say that on that front, everything's going well. Can't that's complain. great. Yeah. Great, man. Good to hear. Congratulations
1: yeah. on yeah. that. And that's heading in the right direction. That's great, man. Yeah.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it, my
1: Excellent, man. <clears throat> well, listen, I know that the last time we spoke, you had just got done taping the documentaries that hit this year we did. for the American Gladiators. Now, yeah. your the documentary that you were a part of was on Netflix, it was like a four-part series on Netflix. Yep. Now, a lot of the listeners know there was also another documentary at the same time. Imagine yeah. that. 30 yeah. Imagine. 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they came out with a documentary which um it was very, very different two-parter. Now, the one that you were in was from the perspective of the gladiators and the people involved in the show and how everything was going. Mm. Uh, Let's say the non-corporate side of things. And the 30 for 30 documentary was more uh, Johnny Ferraro telling his story from his perspective, more of the uh, corporate side of, you know, we're not answering that question. We're going to do this, but we won't talk about that. So I'll tell you, I watched them both. I I found the... um, the Netflix one with all of you guys on it to be far more interesting and far more in-depth look at what was really going on, but really two different stories. Did you watch the 30 for 31?
2: 30 oh, well, you better believe it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I have my own, uh, and we can get into it. I have sure. my own thoughts and, you know, and, and let the audience know, uh, how we feel is, you know, especially, you know, I was the longest tenured gladiator, you know, yep. I was there from season one all the way till it ended. And I was the only one that made it all seven, eight seasons. And so, Yeah. I mean, we all, all of us have decided to do the Netflix documentary. There's a reason why we didn't do the ESPN, you know, and I don't know if you want, we can start talking about it now. Sure. Yeah. 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 Get into it. So you said something earlier that, you know, all of a sudden the ESPN documentary and there was two episodes and then four to five weeks later, ours launched on Netflix. That wasn't planned. That just, it was, it was happenstance. It was just, it just happened to work out that way. It wasn't where Netflix decided to launch, you know, post sure. the ESPN documentary. It just it just worked out. And, and in, in all honesty, it actually helped the Netflix documentary in terms of viewerships and and, and eyeballs because uh, ESPN did a lot of the, you know, the so-called organic marketing and and marketing. Yeah. And so the name got out there, which was pretty cool.
1: But, yeah, I would imagine yeah. that was something that was uh, directly played on their part. Like they knew oh, when yours was coming out and they rushed to get theirs out first.
2: I, I think so. Yeah. And, you know, we, we didn't know whose was going to land first. All of a sudden ESPN, you know, launched theirs. And then ours came out, I think four or five weeks later, June 28th. Sure. Sure. But, you know, t- to let the audience know that, you know, the reason, you know, all the A-list, You you when you watch the ESPN documentary, you only you'll only find one or two A listed gladiators, sure. Gemini, <laughs> <Yep>. Gemini
1: <laughs> yeah. Gemini, that's it.
2: Because- I was going
1: to bring that point up, Jim. If you watch the Netflix one, it, it's very different from the gladiators that participate in a 30 for 30. It's like all of you guys, the big stars, the main players, are yep. all in this Netflix one. And then on the other side, 30 for 30, it's a little more controlled as to who's talking about what. But I will say this about the 30 for 31. Um, I think the director of that did a very good job of just letting Johnny Ferraro go and giving him enough rope to paint himself in the corner and hang himself. <laughs> and make, I mean, he did a very good job of letting him make himself look bad. Yeah. yeah.
2: And he did look bad. And oh, I'm bad. Not, Hey, I have my own personal feelings about Johnny. Right. But he hung himself, right? I mean, he, he's a guy that just uh, – yeah. Johnny's Johnny, you know? So it, it's unfortunate he is the way he is. And and I think – and not even think, I know from talking to enough people that watch the ESPN that they immediately disliked him immediately. because you can tell the arrogant, how arrogant um, – and it was all about Johnny. And yep. you know what? There is nothing wrong with telling the American Gladiator story
1: yep.
2: and having a documentary and having Johnny tell his story, which is so important to the history of the show. Right? Mm-hmm. How it started in Erie, Pennsylvania, with a bunch of iron workers. Yeah. And who came up with the name and who Johnny Ferraro is. That that's a small piece of the pie. Yeah,
1: but yeah. nobody
2: cares about. All of it being Johnny Ferraro, period. No, no, we, uh, yeah. Very, very, he I mean, just
1: came across to me as a very undeserved sense of self accomplishment. Well, as if he had done it all himself and then it all, yeah, the it more, all I, and, yeah. I found hey, the most interesting and, part of that documentary to be the ironworkers and the, the Apache Dan storyline. Yeah, fought the, the most just, interesting in the whole thing.
2: You better believe in poor Dan Carr, great guy. I mean, oh, man. Apache Dan. And being basically ousted out of any financial gain because Johnny hid everything from him. And here's oh, just man. a guy from Erie, Pennsylvania that did it right. And, you know, shame on Johnny Ferraro. I mean, I that's oh. all I got to say. And, you know, and uh, it, anyhow, it, it, you know, when Johnny called us, he called every one of us individually and was up front. He said, listen, we're going to do this documentary. Do you want to get be involved? If not, don't. But it's going to be about me. And we all got off the call. I called Lori Fetrick, ICE, called Dan Clark, Nitro, Steve Hatterberry, Tower. We all got on the call and said, hey, did you get the same conversation? We And we all matched our conversations that, yeah, it's going to be about Johnny Ferraro. And we put our foot down and said, we're done. This is 30 years later. We're tire, tired of being used. This is not about the Johnny show. This is about the American Gladiator show, the contenders, the gladiators, mm. the referees, the, 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 the audience. Um, and we just said, no, we're not going to do it. We, we made a stance. And that's when they had zero dollars on the table to pay us. So they finally came around knowing we all said no and at least was going to pay us 15 grand. Well, by that time, we didn't care about the 15 grand be- yeah. because they should have offered it in the beginning. They were desperate to get some of us a gladiators on the ESPN documentary. And if you notice Gemini was the only br- name they had Malibu and it appeared Malibu was only on 13 episodes of the first season. He yeah. So it appeared that he was on the show forever. It's like, really? Mm -hmm. And it was a complete lie of how, why he, he didn't come back. It wasn't because he injured himself on cannonball. He didn't come back because they didn't Mm. ask him to come back. They stopped Mm. production. And that's when they did another tryout. And I tried out on the second half of the first season and made it because he wasn't, he was a good athlete, but he just wasn't, he just wasn't physically tough. No, I like.
1: I like. Uh, I think uh, Nitro hit it right on the head when he was talking about Malibu on the Netflix one. where he said, exactly. "When you guys first met him, you knew it wouldn't last." I mean, they, they, I mean, yeah. for those who don't know, you watch the documentary. Look at Malibu. He's a big, big athletic-looking yeah, dude. You look at yeah. him and you go, "This a competitor,
0: man." Yeah, he and he then had
2: a, Zeke. Let me, yeah. Mike. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, I, I got to tell you. Back in the day, we all competed on. We did commercial work and. He did print ads and let me tell you, he he was he had one of the best physiques yeah. you could ever not a not huge. He was just ripped and yeah. and you know, he had that long hair and I mean he had a hell of a body he, on it. He him looked, and, looked like an adult and he then just wasn't physically tough. And you can't yeah. you can't teach that. You're either no. tough or you're not. You know? No. You know, yeah. you can't you can't beat toughness into somebody. That you is can't. just who you are, right?
1: Yep, and that's what Nitro said. He said, You know, you we could tell from minute one when you know football players, you know the guys that don't like to be hit and don't yeah. like contact. And yeah. as soon as you hit them, they start blinking, like, <laughs> I'm all right, I'm all right, well, let's do yeah, it. Right. Right. I'm yeah. okay, and you see them blinking. And so he said, As soon as we got into doing physical stuff, the blinking was out of control with Malibu, yeah. and you just knew this guy, you can't take contact. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, and that's yeah, no he, disrespect. It, I'm just some no, people hey, can, some no, people no, can't. Okay, there's no like I, I like Darren. Darren McBee,
2: you know, Malibu. sure, I Sure. Mean, yeah, I like him as a human being, but as, you know, as a member of the team, it's supposed to be tough. No, I mean it's just he didn't cut the he didn't cut it. So it yeah. is what it is. It's no yeah. it's not a it's not a secret, that's for sure. It
1: wasn't a show for wide receivers and defensive backs. You know, it just <laughs> wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those were the contestants. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We had you know? some
2: great contestants. I mean, some studs. I mean, they were yeah. studs. They yeah. Really yeah. Were.
1: Yeah. I, I'll tell you, I got a little list of some of the guys here that we touched a little bit last time, but the documentary on Netflix uh, touches on Billy worth right at the top. when, yeah. uh, when him and uh, Jim and I get into it. And he's, he was a competitive kid and um, two scoops, Wesley, he's all yeah. over it, two scoops yeah. all over it. But the guy that you and I talked a lot about last time that really didn't get mentioned in any of it was uh, Brooks Whelan's uncle, uh, Teddy LePage that the, oh, yeah. won a couple of episodes. It was a championship NCAA wrestler out of yeah. Iowa. And I mean, we talked a bit about, you know, you were sharing some stories about competing against him. He was a pretty good athlete, man.
2: He was a damn good athlete, that Teddy Page. Uh, I And you can still find it on YouTube somewhere. Him and I do, in their conquering, ring, you know, and here I NCAA double. I think he was a champion. I think he Yeah. Take, uh, you talk about a stud, man, but there, there's an episode where he and I were wrestling and, And I happened to flip over him and it was just like, I don't know what I did, but he was a stud, man. And there was never uh, that I witnessed in the seven and a half years being on that show and all the, and the live tour. I, I I would say, um, how do I say this is never did I face a contender that I thought was okay. They were all good. I mean, they were, they were i would seriously there wasn't one where i'd be like "Yeah, whatever they yeah. were all really good you know so yeah. that they, well, they, they, they did their the, the the people that ran that part of the business to find great contenders
1: they did a really good job they yeah really i got a little clip here of what you did to some of them let's take a look <laughs> at this guy here in a
3: row here at the hands of laser his head gets driven right into the mat I think this is the that. beginning of his problems right here. Obviously, right, he got another five right here. Yeah, look at he's wobbly. Cylinder. This is the time of the contenders. He's can all pick wobbled
1: up. up. Look, at, he was wobbling. You <laughs> drilled him, man. He drilled him, he was out of it, man. But this <laughs> now here's a little highlight clip of some of the things that you were really good at on the show. Let's refresh some people's memories if they haven't watched this in a while. <laughs>
0: Look at that one. Boom. A little tower action there. I love it. Put them down. Put them down. I love it. Put them down, man.
1: There it is again. Oh. Yep. Love it, man. Yeah. That's some great <laughs> stuff, man. Now, I gotta say, You watch that video and you watch some of the times where you guys are putting them down. And then in the documentary, Nitro's talking a little bit about, well, they get into talking about all the guys like putting them down and going a little too far at the end of things. But I tell you, I didn't really, I really care for that spin because from a competitor standpoint, like you just said, all these guys that they had on the show were good athletes in their own, right? Yeah. And you're going out there and you're taping several shows in one day and you've already had a ton of reps and this guy's fresh. You, you got to get after him like that yeah. to get in their head and let them, you got to get some kind of advantage and let them know you're not coming out here to win.
2: Yeah, And that's
1: sports, man.
2: That's sports. And that's how it was. Is I, I mean, I I know that the rest of the Gladiators is good enough, but let me tell you, the, it, it was do or die for me. I mean, there was no, I mean, it didn't, yeah. didn't matter what day it was or what competition we were on and what event. I, I I went 110% every single time and and because I knew they were coming too. You know, there was a lot of money and and notoriety that they wanted against their name, you know, they're athletes, right? So yeah,
1: boy, I, I did whatever I could to to come out on top, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what made the show fun to watch, man. Like I tell you, a lot of people love to watch the show and cheer for the contestants. And of course, we all did that. We all watched it. You want to see the underdog win? That's just good television. You want to play that game on the audience. But I watched that show a lot of times just wanting to watch the gladiators destroy (laughs) people, man. I was like, yeah, man, put them down. It's a home game and and you're the visitor. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that stuff, man. Now, the Netflix um, documentary, I thought, did a lot better job of telling the history of the show kind of surviving you know like how um season one didn't really go that well like you know um there were some things there maybe you can touch on it a little better that that needed to just be corrected with the show and they couldn't figure out right
2: yeah for sure you know i missed the first 13 right so there in one season we did around 26 episodes so i i joined the second half of the first season and you know they just didn't uh they didn't really know what they were doing. I mean, they kind of want, you know, kind of hamstringed us into these goofy events. They it, There was no safety protocols. I mean, we were doing Powerball and Conquer on that concrete floor with just a rug. It was <laughs> a rug. Yeah, that's and, crazy. You know, none of us, unfortunately, you know, we were pretty young back at the time. I started when I was 28, but we were just happy to have a damn job and getting paid, right? So, Mm-hmm. We didn't even think about the risk, but they realized that you know the in the beginning they kind of wanted us to be Hollywoodish, like hammered up for the camera. And some of us just I'm not yeah. that kind of guy. I can't. I'm not that articulate to come up with like a like Hawk did or Nitro. You know they always had a say. They always had something to come back with. But sure, I just sure. wanted to compete, and I didn't want to be on camera. But they finally, you know, the first couple seasons, it was like, hey, be, you know, ham it up for the camera. And then finally, season, I think it was right 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 around the end of well, season four, they finally just told us, be who you are. Just whoever you are and whatever yeah. that is, be who you are. And you'll see on the on a lot of the interviews, we were just more relaxed. It sure. became, it just became a lot more fun. And yeah. uh, and you saw that. I think it it really displayed that, you know, on all the interviews and throughout, yeah. throughout the next few years.
1: When you're watching that stuff, you'll progress. The show progress. You can easily see where early on the suits, if you will, are trying yeah. to push something for television and sell yeah. it. And the only you can tell the only Thing in that realm at the time that they have to compare with that's a giant hit on television is professional wrestling, yeah. So that's what they're going for. They're trying to get you guys to do shoots and do oh, your, yeah. you know, the, the little videos and stuff. And that wasn't the thing with this show, the thing no. with this show was the actual competition. And yeah. when they backed off and let it be, oh, let these guys just compete, people want to yeah. watch that. That was it, man. Atlanta, that was it landed, you know, that was it. And, yeah. and I'll do respect to some of those people that are putting the show together they don't come from athletic backgrounds. So when they're setting up that Powerball game on concrete, it just (laughs) never occurs to them. It's not cost cutting. It just never occurs to them that this is concrete guys. We're going to be going down on this. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And nothing. I mean, right in the beginning, we didn't even have finally we wore those little helmets, you know, that the I don't know. They were, they had a little padding on the helmet, but man, we didn't wear mouth guards or we didn't have elbow pads and, I mean, there were so many injuries on that show from people. Oh, my gosh. It's just like, oh, my God. They were losing people left and right, including gladiators, you know. I mean, Jed, every yeah. year I had a new injury and new surgery going on. Every year I was on that show. And, you know, nice. but it is, a, you know, it is what it is, you know.
1: so They had that doctor from UCLA on the Netflix yeah. documentary. And he said, I tell you what, we had more injuries <laughs> in a couple of days of filming than I would have in a whole season for USC, yep. UCLA. Very true. Like, I believe Very it. true. Yeah, yeah, believe it. Early on, you guys are wearing nothing, man. Nothing but elbow pads. It's like, <laughs> yes. oh, man, you know, a full out tackling drills with no, and it ain't oh, I know. you know, I was professional like, football with no pads. I know, man. It was it was kind of crazy to begin with, but then they get the, uh, you know, the documentary does a good job of showing how uh, the one director producer of the show kind of jumps in and starts molding these games in a way that like let's accentuate the athletic uh, competitiveness here let's put the joust up on stands let's he started to eliminate some of the things that weren't working and make these games work for the entertainment value of sport and and not like wrestling style and the show just took off from there right
2: it did it really did take off you know they started perfecting the games and you know, they, they they sure needed a visual for, you know, obviously it's on TV, right? So they needed the visual, but they needed the competitiveness from both the, the contender and the gladiator together. And, you know, they, they just, they, they they hit the nail right, right around season four to end of season seven. Um, you know, the, the one thing that I recall, and I can't remember the director, the someone from Sammy Goldwyn said, you know, the reason the show ended that, the, the viewership just wasn't there on season six and seven and they had no other choice. I mean, everything's about ratings for, you know, these television series. But <laughs> the one thing he forgot to mention is they didn't put any money back into the show. So they, they yeah. took all the money, but they didn't promote the show. They never promoted the show, Mikey, ever. Yeah. It was us going out and signing autographs and people like, oh, there's the Gladiators. But they never ran. They never spent their own marketing dollars to promote us run ads, billboards, magazines, television, radio, you name it. They didn't spend a dime. And so what what do you expect? That was sure. back before social media, right? So yeah. the only way you found out is that you open up a newspaper or, or you know turned on the TV. You didn't have a an app and found out about yeah. the gladiator. So it's unfortunate that it ended the way it did is because, hell, they didn't put money back in the show. What do you expect, right? So- yeah.
1: No, it's an excellent point, man. It's an excellent point if you're not going to put the money back. It was all word of mouth. I mean, I am ai was oh. a kid watching it, and it was just all you know, playground school, word of mouth, like, hey, we're going to watch right. gladiators on Saturday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. At, right after practice, man, we got to hurry right. home and watch yeah. gladiators, you know, and it was all word of mouth. Now they didn't pay you guys. Let's dive into that a little bit. Cause the Netflix doc does a really good job of um, yeah. telling the story about how you guys were um, really getting screwed over, man. Like, yeah. And, and, j- and just purely out of greed, there was enough yeah. money to share to throw oh. you guys a bone and they just weren't going to throw you a nickel. Um you you talk about that cuz you'll do, you'll know better than me but they were robbing you guys blind. Yeah, they sure were.
2: You know, if that show came out today, oh my gosh. I'd have yeah. enough money I'd give you a couple million, Mikey. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. Um they they paid us like we were just nothing and they they knew it. They <laughs> We as gladiators. Listen to this. We had to try out for our positions every year. For two weeks, we'd have tryouts, and we would be so beat up before the show started in June because we filmed all 26 to 30 episodes in a matter of three weeks. So we'd be like four days on, two days off, three days on, one day off. And we would have to go out, and they would hire these new gladiators to go up against us just to keep us honest, and then find out that we made it, and then pay us so crummy let me tell yeah. you. Let me. I'll give you this story. All of a sudden, someone brings in the American Gladiator Vitamin Line, and I'm on all the labels. I didn't even know about it. I don't get a dime for my likeness, my image. I mean, really? That's crazy. Like, that's crazy, man. Sixty some countries we're in, and and you know, not even get a little bit of the merchandising. We didn't even, just a tiny bit. I mean. Yep. Let me give you an instance. We were on macaroni and cheese boxes. We were on uh bubble gum. We were on keychains, we were on Halloween costumes. We I mean, you name it toys, we man. It. and not toys. toys. Oh, I forgot about the toys. I mean and then the toys video games. And yeah, you know, and it's just it's to me, it's like really like, but yeah. they, they knew that they had enough male and female gladiators that they they could pick and choose like eh, well you don't mm-hmm. want your job yep. we'll just go yep. we'll have another tryout and somebody else will pick your job so you know it,
1: whatever yep. and again again they take a page from Vince McMahon and the WWF and they license the moniker that is your name so yep. they own Laser they own Gemini they own all that and then they just release the obscure figure that's in your likeness but the name on a package just says Laser and they own that they it's own like that. what now what is with it that you don't want to like give the guy a few bucks for what he's yeah. doing. Like you need just, every penny.
2: Yeah. Just a few just, and that's, that's why we, that's why we decided to, you know, all hold together and not do the ESPN one. You know, in the beginning yeah. they didn't want to pay us. And we said, yeah, we're done. We, you know, it's not about being on a documentary. It's about yeah. just what's fair in the world. Right. I mean, we sacrificed our bodies and man, oh man. I mean, I've had 16 surgeries from that television show. Sure. 16 surgeries. Sure. And you don't think at sixty one, I'm, I'm 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 feel like an old man. I sure, mean, man. But it was my decision to do it. But still, come on. I mean, yeah. I don't, the,
1: think- I don't know. You guys handled it better than I think I would have. Because I got to tell you, just sitting here listening about it, I'm like the ultimate disrespect of everything that you all involved in it. You guys and the other side and Ferraro and and the guy running the dock over there at ESPN. Yeah. You all know the intricate story of how bad you guys were getting screwed over. They wouldn't give you a new deal. Then get, people wanted to strike and not come back. And then they just fired them all. And they and fired you guys. They fired them. And some of you guys, you know, stayed to keep making money. And yeah. they were absolutely screwing you guys on money from the get-go. And then when they want to make some more money on it 20-something years later and do a documentary, they got the balls to call you guys up and say there's no money involved. <laughs> the audacity, man. Yeah. Like this is all about this documentary is going to be about the fact you screwed us out of money and you don't yeah. want to pay us to do this. Yeah, it's
2: just great. And now the next one, I shouldn't even disclose this. Now we go out as laser, nitro, zap and ice and tower. So we went to the Comic-Con, sign in autographs. We went to the Maryland Toy Show. Guess what we just received? Infringement letters. From MGM saying you cannot use laser, you cannot yep. use ice and tower and, and nitro. And it's like, really? Like
0: I know 30 it. years I later, you're
2: it. worried about us going out for what? You're you're it's 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 creating uh um what, what what's the word I'm looking for? It's creating a a a uh a legacy for the gladiators, it's it's helping your name, sure. Sure. right? I mean just because we're out signing autographs, you you're, you're calling that infringement. We we can't do that. It's copyrighted and wow, yeah, man. That's like, sad.
1: You I mean, gotta people go out there as Jim Star. Art. You can't be laser. And it's like, nope, but I am laser. I was laser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I was
2: laser. I created that character. And and they're still 30 years later not wanting us to go out and promote ourselves. Really? We're right. promoting the American Gladiators name. It's it's getting getting the name out there. And it, it, it only helps the brand. I don't know. I understand it. It's all about right, dollars. Man.
1: It is, wow. man. It is too. And this it's like, yeah, a lot of the stuff in there, like a lot of the stuff, you know, was kind of feel good moments of you guys, you know, standing up for what you're going to do and, and, you know, telling your story about getting on there. There's great sides of it too. And then there's the sides like we're talking about right now. It's why it's such a good documentary. You get both sides of it for sure. And yeah. I also thought it was a little unfair, like, the media bashing when it first came out, the media bashing it as lowbrow and this is television <laughs> yeah. for morons and this and it's like, time out, man. Like, why don't everybody just calm down a little bit? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I I thought what's his name? Uh, I think it was Gemini nailed it when he was like, man, if you want an intellect, turn on CNN. Right. You weren't trying to be that. Yeah, we weren't trying to be that. Yeah. Yeah, I, You know, I just thought that was a little unfair by the media, but I, I'll tell you who ended up winning that one. You guys crushed them. They eventually yeah. had to shut up and the show shot through the roof. So that's right. That's you know right. I mean? Yeah.
2: It all turned out we were, we were all pleasantly, you know, cause you never know what's going to come out of a TV show, a documentary. Sure. We were sure. nervous. You know, you don't know what's, are they going to really tell the, the correct story, the truth? Mm-hmm. Are they going to sensationalize everything? I got to tell you just from my perspective and I can, speak on behalf of all the gladiators that were on that documentary all of us were that director that they, they did such an amazing job mm-hmm. telling the story they never they never uh made up a story they didn't sensationalize the story everything was spot on it was it was a it, to a t it was perfect it was like wow what you couldn't yeah. have done better yeah there's nothing i cringe and say oh my gosh how could you do that it was it was perfect
1: yeah, it's very good. It's very good. I really enjoyed the Netflix one and the 30 for 31. Like I said, you know, I I enjoyed the director's approach of letting certain people on the show, especially Ferraro, just get out there and yeah. be their own narcissistic selves yeah. and talk and he just let them do it and let them show who they were and then just edit it up in a way where like get a load of this guy. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, get a load of this guy. It was yeah, really good. Yeah. Um I tell you one part I really did like about it. I'll touch again was was the stuff about Apache Dan and the Iron Workers and all that yeah. old footage of them really doing these games at high schools and stuff yeah. back in the day with those guys. Uh, boy, I'd kill to watch some of those videos. Those got to yeah. be amazing, man.
2: Yeah, he's he's a good dude, man. I I hadn't I haven't spoke. I did not speak to Dan Carr since the show ended in nineteen. I think the last time I saw him, we were down in the dinner theater showing kissing me florida doing that goofy dinner theater show but 1998 i think was the last time i saw him or even spoke to him and i reached out to him after watching the espn documentary feeling so sad for him i I was sad i mean my heart hurt for him i mean yeah man i i didn't have his number and i called a few people and, and he he answered the phone and let me tell you the connection was still there and i i just feel bad for the guy man he he got taken big yeah. town and uh it's really unfortunate he, he's he, and he's a good dude he's he a good seems
1: dude. like just such a really good dude man yeah. like and you can see through that whole doc that ferrara it's not like he's excluding him and serving him papers that this is mine and you're out now like he's just lying to him the whole way and he's lying. such a nice yeah. guy he's believing him no yeah. you're in you're in the money's coming don't worry about it it's coming oh, It's really. coming.
2: and it went on for years years and, and he just it just uh yeah, it's just a just a really unfortunate circumstance. Yeah, there. destroyed
1: yeah. a lot of his relationships with his original buddies that were the gladiators, like That's in right. the high schools and stuff. He's telling these guys, "Hey, man, as soon as they get it running, Johnny's telling me I, I, I'm going to be able to come in and I'm going to be able to bring you guys in. You deserve to be in and be on the show." And That's and right. these guys now felt like that you know, Dan was lying to them, but he wasn't. He was genuinely he himself saying, yeah. no, I'm trying to do
2: it. You right. Know, it's like- I mean, can you imagine, Mikey? I mean, even the audience watch, can you imagine just let's say you're Dan Carr and you're picturing Dan in his trailer where he lived with his yeah. daughter and and he's waiting for the big payday because he's like, here are yeah. in Pennsylvania. He's at iron oh. work, and he's barely making a living. And he he finally feels like he, he made it. And he's waiting on his best friend, Johnny Ferraro, to give him the payday and the big news. And it goes on and another Mm. lie and Mm. it goes on another few years, another lie. And he doesn't get a
1: dollar, not a a dollar. And it went on for years. Destroys his marriage, destroys his relationship with his kids. And just it's like, it's heartbreaking, man. You just want to choke the guy. (laughs) I just I don't even want to talk about it because I just
2: it's disgusting. And uh, that people yeah. are and that's his best friend that remember that that's johnny yep. and dan became best friends how do you do that with your uh not even i mean I even know. to a friend let alone a best friend holy moly like yeah, come man. on
1: yeah it's 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 bad i <laughs>
2: just uh oh. that, whatever No, you ain't lying.
1: You ain't telling a lie right there. I think the only mistake that Dan made was trusting the guy that did Elvis impersonations and tried (laughs) to sell them as original music. And I'm the prince of rock and roll. I'm like, this dude's a charlatan from the get, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. but anyway, let's let's get the blood pressure down. Let's get back to some of the good memories and the good stuff. <laughs> Shelbur, there you go. You know the the Netflix doc. You and Nitro, uh, your early running days, and some of that stuff that's in the book. A little bit of it made the documentary. Yeah. Um, the, the notorious Jeep battle made the the documentary. That's a great <laughs> story there. There's just a lot of great stuff in there. You guys, you gotta tune in and watch it. And I would I'll ask your opinion. Which which way do you think you should watch it? Should you watch the Netflix one first, or should you watch the ESPN one and then watch the Netflix?
2: I think you should watch the ESPN one first. Yeah, yeah, I think I think because, yep, yeah, I and I don't know, I, I can't give you. A, I, I think it'll give you a better it sets p-
1: you up for yeah, how shady a- it is.
2: Yeah, you'll see how shady it is, and you'll notice. Gemini which I wasn't even aware until I started watching the Netflix and all of us we didn't know Gemini was in both the ESPN and Netflix I don't know how he did that but if you watch Michael O'Hearn or not Michael Michael Horton Michael O'Hearn Michael uh, which is Gemini in ESPN he seems depressed he seems like oh my gosh I, yeah. I it, it took me away from my family then he does a Netflix and he's all upbeat, happy. And it's like, wh- where's the dichotomy?
1: Like, what happened yeah. there? Because yeah. he's like, in the room with you guys. Yeah. The Netflix like, is the feel good version of you guys right. and your memories and how great it was. And that opened the door to joy of what it was for him. You're, that's a great point, Jim, because you it can is, see it, that. It, it,
2: it You can see it. Absolutely. You watch Mike, Gemini. He's depressed. It's like, I got to go out and sign autographs for five hours. and. Took me away from my family, and then he does the the Netflix, and it's yeah. a whole different human being. And that's yep. Mike. Mike was never a one to get down. He was happy. He was one hell of an athlete. He played in the NFL oh, on and yeah. for I think eleven years. Oh, um, that guy was a stud, and uh, he he was he he was like Big Daddy. Like yeah. all of this went to Mike for advice. So. Yeah, it, that, that's a people can see that when they if they watch both of them.
1: Yeah, and it, I'm telling you, you watch some of those clips of him just playing the powerball, and you get a feel for like there's the guys that are like you, for instance, you know, like linebacker, speed, strong, track you down, take you down, put you down. And then you watch Gemini, and you're like, oh, that's an NFL offensive lineman. You don't want to yeah. run into him.
2: He yeah. just stands he, there,
1: boom, and guys are he down. Yeah, he,
2: and he, he lost a lot of weight for the show. He was 285. and... He had some massive short. Shul- I mean, just a big dude, man. He was a yeah, big, man,
1: big kid. Oh, yeah, big dude. And when he goes after Billy Worth, with Billy throws that ball <laughs> at him, and that's a great. I mean, he's like, nah, that's not today, one. man. You know, yeah. not today. That's a that's great a one, one, man. It's it's a lot of fun. A lot of it. Um, yeah. Now, I I also thought that of all the people interviewed on the show, everybody got a little in depth with their own uh, personal, you know, lives and things like that. But I do have to say, all bias aside. Um, I thought you dug pretty deep, a lot deeper than a lot of other people. When you touched on the stuff with your dad, I thought that was, that was pretty, that was pretty, um, I, I don't know a better word than brave to like to discuss that right on camera. Like that, man, I I had to tip my cap to you. That's tough.
2: Thanks. Yeah. It wasn't, trust me, it wasn't planned. Didn't think about even talking about it. It Just came out of, I don't even know where it came from. I mean, and, and they cut a lot of that footage. You only have so much time, but they didn't tell the story of how I, I came to that conclusion with my dad to, to just say, Hey dad, I love you. You know, cause I had a lot of resentment and about my dad. I think that's why I excelled at sports because I was always trying to get his attention as a little boy, like dad, here I am. Just tell me mm-hmm. you're proud of me. And I think I started lifting weights. So he would finally say, man, you're looking good, son. And never did. You know, I never, he never told me he was proud of me and loved me. And, I don't know where that story came. You know, I, I didn't have it plan to tell that version of it, but it, I was truly touched and honored. All the people all over the country that reached out to me to said that they had a similar situation with their, with their dad and what can yeah. they do? Or I helped them see that life short, man, because I was 40, 47 years old when I finally put my arm around my dad and said, Dad, I, I just want to say I love you, you know, for raising me and my my siblings. And I the, like I said, not a moment's hesitation turned around and said, I've always been proud of you. <laughs> I'm gonna start freaking crying.
1: Yeah, I hear it, you man. it's
2: just uh it's 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 one of those things in life that you know you're angry with your parents or your dad and and all the things they didn't do, right? Hell, my dad didn't know the difference. His dad never loved him. So, how is he supposed to possess that with his own kid? Right. So, and he, and after all that, my dad, he became the best dad and the best grandpa. Unfortunately, we lost him in 2009. But I, I, man, I, man, I feel, I feel so solid before he left. I had a few years to, to say I was, I was a good son and he was a good dad.
1: That's great. Yeah. That's great that you got to have that, man. That's a giant victory. Yeah. And it's a it's a very uh but that that touches for sure on how there's a personal side to that Netflix doc as well. That's just very good, man. It's very good. It was it was really good. And I I I can understand a bit of that stuff, man. You know, yeah. like trying to break down the walls of generational family behavior that just, you know, it's it's tough, man. It's tough, sure. no doubt about yeah. it. No doubt about it. But let's touch, let's touch a little bit on the aftermath of some of the guys hold out some of the guys and girls hold out, some don't. And you you guys get back to filming another couple of seasons, but that didn't change the mind of anybody in charge. Did it? No, it did
2: not. Didn't even, (laughs) not at all. You know, they, they got rid of, I think three or four gladiators and, and they didn't miss a beat. They brought in a couple more and off we went. Cause we still had a couple a listed. I was one of them. And, I think they had, they brought in tower then and a couple other ones and yeah, didn't even, didn't even phase them. Like, yeah, it was nope. a tough deal, man, not having your teammates there, you know, and I'm going to pick up the slack. A tough deal. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is, man. It is because then some of the camaraderie's gone and then, you know, you right. you lose a bit of, my Powerball just wasn't the same, man. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> just just was it wasn't, yeah. man. Just was it just wasn't. Yeah, you know, was, you, you got to know who's over your shoulder with you you know what i mean it's different it's a sports thing man for sure yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure well i'm gonna agree with you i would definitely recommend hitting up the um 30 for 31 first sheds a good light on who the people behind yeah. the scenes are and what their agendas are and then you guys bring it home on the netflix one and just double down on like yeah man yeah, this is what's sure. going
2: on i agree yeah i yeah. do agree yeah
1: it is fantastic. Well, listen. Outside of uh, the new job and things like that, man. Anything else that you, you want to get out there touch on? And
2: no, just uh, you know, just mom. My mom was going through some cancer and chemo, and I I spent all the way my I got the greatest wife. Uh, she July, August, September, October, and part of November. I was in back in Montana, just staying with my mom, making sure she. Tried to stay as healthy as she could while she's going through chemo and radiation and all that. And, and um, so unfortunately with that, and then a couple months ago, my brother had a horrific fall going up on his roof, decided to clean out the gutters
3: and he oh, fell man. off
2: his roof and he's very fortunate to be alive. Um, Jeez. And he had multiple, multiple injuries. He's doing okay now. And, and thankfully I, uh he was in between jobs. He never had health insurance. Uh <laughs> tough Ooh, deal. Man. And and I started to go fund me. And I gotta tell you, people just their prayers, their wishes, their thoughtfulness, their them donating to my brother's cause. Um unbelievable. That's all I can say is that people are good. So, you know, my mom's yeah. doing okay. She's she's fighting the battle, she's a warrior, and uh, she's 89, she just turned 89, and she's still kicking butt every day. And so, um, those two things, but that's it, you know, great job My yeah. family's doing well. I got two grandkids. We go to California tomorrow and see my daughter and, and, and our two grandkids. And so we're excited about that.
1: And yeah. yeah. So yeah. Tell them all I said, hello, man. I tell hello, them all I said hello,
2: Happy holidays to you and Merry Christmas and everything else and happy new year. Yeah. And, uh, hope to be back again and thank you uh, for the invite. I appreciate it.
1: Oh man, for sure. We we'll get together and talk again soon. Happy holidays, Jim, to yeah. you and yours. And and like I always always say, man, we're all we got, man. So if you want to throw that GoFundMe Me out here, you know, throw yeah. it out there. People can still donate. Where do they do that at?
2: Yeah, just uh, I I think they can go. They well, I I posted it only on I think um, my Facebook, which is Jim Star two R's thirty two. Hours, 32, and they can they, they you can scroll down. You can go. You'll see where I put a couple uh, post there and then they can go right to the GoFundMe. It, it kind of, you know, we're at the end of it now that we, we haven't seen much funding lately, which is normal. You know, it's been up for sure, sure. two and a half, three months, maybe now I can't even, okay. it's been a while now, but, uh, yeah, people can, can, if they feel like it great, even prayers and wishes, it's all I can say. And, but he's doing much, much better. Yeah. So I, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. And well, that's great, yeah, man. man.
1: we all gotta try to take care of each other i'm gonna hit guys i'm gonna hit that up on my uh, facebook from the dwmod pod i'm gonna share that out so you guys can get the link and we'll try to get some more traffic coming in on that man so we can all help out. and again brother i appreciate you man but right now we got to get to the sponsors of the show it's sports authority and it's gordon butterfeld and he's gonna tell us man what just
0: happened (laughs) what just happened brought to you by the sports authority at the sports authority you can gear up to look just like a pro from little tacks to full-grown adults but they can't help you play like one if you're not any good so don't suck that's the sports authority a chapter 11 company Premier League's Carlos Del Yano has set up his brand new sports to practice net. But his son wants to be the goalie And ho, oh, life lessons. The striker has struck. Oh my, that was intentional. Nice try, Carlos, but there's no secret here. Nobody wants their kid to be the goalie. And it appears this father knows his son. As we take a closer look at young Tito's reaction time. There appears to be a delay in the matrix. That boy's as quick as customer service. And that's how you catch a nickname. Nice job, Ricochet. Oh, what just happened? <laughs> That's Gordon That's, Butterfield.
1: That's, you better believe it. That's some funny stuff right there. He's great. He's great. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, listen, Jim. This is the the segment of the show where we get into what we call sure. the big six picks. Here, we're going to have our six picks of the week, and we're going to bring in our our Ve- uh, resident Vegas advisor here, Andy Saint Clair. Andy, how you doing, buddy? Oh, good man.
3: How are you? Hi, Jim. Hey, how are you, Andy? Good. I'm good. You know, I'm. uh You know, I've been on a little bit of a cold streak here, Mikey. I'm yeah. Well, it's been nice. rough. We're, get, yeah.
2: we're gonna get it hot today. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The irons are hot today, baby. We right.
3: gotta get it going.
1: Hopefully, you'll be the good luck charm here for us, Jim. Now, last week, last week we had Lauren Granger on the show. He's the head coach Battle Creek Central High School. If you guys watched that episode, um man, that guy's just entrenched in that community that badly needs him. And he's doing a lot of great work down there, getting kids off the streets and into sports. And he's a fantastic human being. He just is. But he didn't do that well at picking football games last week to an extent. To an extent. So Lauren went two and four last week against the spread, but he went a perfect six for six on all the over-unders. Did not miss one, Andy. Not right, one. That's pretty good.
3: That's that. Those to me, those are the hardest.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now, Andy, you went three and three with a yeah. minus two over-under. I went three and three also with a minus two over-under. And that brings our totals for the season. Andy, you're at 41 and 43 with a minus five over and under uh i'm at 47 and 37 but a minus 17 on those over unders those are tough and the guest pickers jim the guest pickers the guys usually sitting in your chair this week are 47 and 37 tied for the lead in this long season long competition (laughs) right now but a plus 13 on the over under you guys are killing us so they're (laughs) counting on you buddy to keep it rolling today man (laughs)
2: I'm not a betting guy, but anyhow, it's
1: was, it was Yeah, cool. I, I know it, man. It's just, you know, we usually do it for fun. And like me and Andy, Andy gives us great tips every week. Vegas stuff, throws it out there, how to approach these games. I'm a $5 guy. I pick a few games on a weekend, put five bucks on and have a good time. But let's jump into this first game here, guys. Uh, we got Duke taking on Troy. This is the this bowl season for, for the NCAA here. Now, neither one of these coaches has won a bowl game yet. Because they're both new coaches to the program. Both these teams lose their coaches to other programs. So new guys are coaching this bowl game right now. Now, Duke has won their last four bowls in a row. Troy's won their last five in a row. None of that means anything because it's turnover a roster. Jim, you're well aware of that. You played enough football. Um, Now, Troy's got a real high-powered offense, guys. We know that. They score a ton of points. They like to score points. Duke, on the other hand... They lost their NFL prodigy quarterback. He's in the portal. He transferred to Notre Dame, will not play in this game. But that's not a big deal for them, really, because they just rely on the run, right? So Duke is going to (laughs) want to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, own the clock, and slow this thing down as their only chance to win the game. That being said, Troy scores a lot of points. And Notre Dame has not won one game this year, guys, where they've given up more than 21 points in a game. They lose every time. And Troy is going to do just that, guys. I'm going to take Troy minus the eight points, and I'm going to take the over at 44 and a half. Andy, what are you doing?
3: I hate this. I already hate it because <laughs> you know where I'm going. I was calling – those. Uh, be careful in the bowl season of zombie teams, right? Those are the teams that are kind of not who they were in the regular season for losing reasons like losing their coach or losing their quarterback because right? that guy went to Notre Dame. Now, the good thing for Duke, if you're going to back Duke, is that the quarterback that they're playing played some games this year, right? And they won some games with him. Uh, so uh, I think that's that's the reason if you're going to take Duke. I'm just not going to do it. You know, I'm going to take Troy. I'm going to take yep. Troy and the over. I, if anything, I'm looking at this game as, like, a, a great teaser game. So, you know, mm-hmm. like, if you're looking to tease somebody mm-hmm. on, like, Saturday – with some nfl like i just I, I love troy it's going down a little bit right we have it at eight now it's at seven and a half which tells me money's coming in on duke right so okay. so the pros are starting to hit duke a little bit makes me a little nervous if i'm being honest right If we get, if i'm starting sure. to be like hmm maybe i should rethink my position here uh a touchdown you know as long as you're getting the hook you know i think you're taking duke Probably I'm going to take Troy though. You know, I'm going to, I I'm with you though. I'm going to take Troy in the over. I think Troy is the better team.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Good. They're just going to
3: score like 28, 35 points. And I don't know if Duke's going to get to 21. Yeah. Troy's solid yeah.
1: team, man. The only two losses for them this year, are, are K-State and James Madison, two good football teams. Jim, what do you think? What are you going to do here? Yeah. Or would you, would you have Mikey on that? Would you, would you pick? Would you? Do? I'm taking Troy laying the points on the over for, I yeah. think they're going to score a lot. That's just, I do there's, I think I
2: I watched Troy play twice this year. They're pretty exciting. They they score a ton of points. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Troy on this one too. Um, yeah. I I think they're gonna outdo it. And yeah, to your point, even though they Duke lost that quarterback, it's uh, you know when you're used to scoring points and they just look really good to me. I think I think they're gonna uh, come out ahead in this one.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. All three of us lined up right, right on that one. Let's get to this next one here. Utah, the fighting Utes taking on Northwestern. The over-under in this one, 41-and-a-half. Now, this will be the first bowl game of Coach Brown taking over the Northwestern program after Fitz, Fitzpat, um, excuse me.
0: <laughs> Fitzpatrick Fitzgerald
1: was, was uh, wrongly fired, man. I mean, but we won't get into that. But if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that this Northwestern team was going to beat Maryland, beat Wisconsin, beat Purdue, beat Minnesota, beat Illinois, and take Iowa to the wire, I'd have told you you're crazy the way they started the season so, so poorly. But they've turned around and been tough. For Utah, uh, Kyle Whittingham is in his 16th bowl, guys. This guy's one of the best coaches in the country. Coaches defense, run the football. They've got one of the best defenses in the country. And for me, I don't care if they don't have a quarterback here. Uh, Utah doesn't know what they're going to do to get the ball down the field but they don't need to both of these teams just want to run the ball and play defense and guys I'm just taking the better team I'm taking the better team here uh give me Utah laying the six points and I will take the under of 41 and a half I think there'll be a lot of clock eating and ball carrying what do you think Andy
3: uh I, I, I like Northwestern I think Northwestern oh. like Utah's trash (laughs) you know like they they don't have like two quarterbacks uh like how are how are they going to score they're going to run and northwestern's used to running they play in the big 10 they see running teams all the time uh so i i think northwestern is to me it's again it's like what do these teams have to play for right utah is gonna kind of go and limping into this bowl disappointed right they like northwestern comes in this bowl like can you believe we're here And yeah, th- those point. are the type of teams I like to bet on, right? Teams that are have coming with the coach, that something to prove. And there's a Fitzgerald guys are there and they like this new coach. And I, I've just, there's no way I'm taking Utah. Like, I, I just can't, I can't imagine it. All right. so I would, I would, I would, I, just don't, <laughs> I, like I like the Utah coach. I think he's great, but yeah. You know, hungry dogs run faster. And I think the hungriest dog in this game is Northwestern. So yeah. give me Northwestern and I, I you know, I want to play, you know, by the way, that game opened like Northwestern plus 10 and a half. So the money's coming in on Northwestern, right? Wow. Now it's, plus okay. six and a half. it's coming down. It's like, well, Utah's quarterbacks going into portal. They've lost one or two, you know, like I, I, I the number's so low. It's 41 and a half. Is that what yeah. you have? It?
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, I want to take the under, but I don't think this game's going to end up. I'm, I mean, I'm going to, I'll just, I'll take the over. Okay. Mainly because it's bowl season, and so far in the games we've seen, yeah, the under is non-existent, and and so that tells me the it makes sense, right? Coaches are trying new things, they're bringing out plays they haven't done all year, you know, they're going for it on fourth down all the time. So I, I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to take Northwestern. Okay, yeah. all right, Jim, what about you? Well,
2: who, who's got the home field advantage? Who, uh,
1: Utah is over at Northwestern. Uh, I'm not sure. This is good, you know, neutral site bowl. I'm not
3: sure who is it's it, actually you know, closer to. Yeah, I'm not I don't sure either. exactly
1: um where this is in proximity. That's yeah, a great either. question, man. But, that is a great question. Who's going to travel it, better is something in, that we definitely want to know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's in know, Vegas. It's in so, Vegas. Well, everyone's yeah. traveling to Vegas then. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of home, home field advantage, maybe because uh, I'm from Montana and Utah's closer, maybe I'll I'll, I'll take Utah. But I, I like the coach. I know Andy said that you know that Utah has a good coach, but he's not going to you know bet his life on Utah. I, I would say I just like Utah. I, I've watched them in the past. The, that coach is good. Um really good. He and uh I think the, the he's a players coach and I think uh you know these guys are gonna go out and and, and do their thing. But uh, yeah I like Utah. I, I, I think I mean you you, you can't deny the, the the big wins that Northwestern has had this year, For right? Sure. I mean, oh For my sure. gosh. I mean you would have never have thought that but I don't know. I just, I feel like uh, Utah might come out ahead.
1: It's going to be a close one though. Okay. What well, do you think the over under forty one and a half and a there?
2: Uh, I'll stick with the uh, over under 44 and a half.
1: Okay. You're going to take the over. All right. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, man. Well, let's jump on this next one. I, I knew you would like Utah Jim, because they played the type of football that you like, man. This, we're yeah. going to play defense, make you punt and run the ball.
2: You yeah. We mean? When I was a senior, we played them. I played at Montana state. We yeah. played Utah. They must've, it was like 60 to nothing they killed us <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah they they ran us over yeah. I know how that goes man I had a game like that at Central my first my <laughs> second my first when I was there we played the gators when they won the national title and they beat us 86 to six in the swamp man. So, I mean they're four stringers were running 70 yard touchdowns anyway right. i'll yeah, digress you know. off of that let's jump into this last game here uh the Georgia Tech. Plus four and a half playing against UCF. Basically a home game for UCF here. The game is in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. The over-under is 68 here. Now, Georgia Tech not going to be affected by the portal, guys. They're going to have their quarterback, uh King, and he is a triple threat. This guy can run. This guy can throw. And this guy can turn it over with the best of them. He's got 16 interceptions and he, I mean, almost led the nation and in interceptions. So this guy's a wild card, man. He could cost you the game. He could win you the game. Now, Georgia Tech has got to slow it down. Uh, they got off to a real bad, slow start this season and they were terrible at home, but good on the road. So that's good for them to head into Florida right now. Now UCF, they've got Plumlee. He's an explosive quarterback in his own right. Very good quarterback. This team can score points. Uh, six and six, their first year in the Big 12, moving up to the BCS here. But two big, two big wins for them. Well, not wins, one big win. They beat number 15, Oklahoma State, and blew their doors off. And they took Oklahoma to the wire 31 to 29. So this is a team that can show up and play with the big boys when they want to. They don't really lose anybody to the portal here either. And I I tell you what, man, I'm rolling, I'm rolling with the Knights. I mean, give me. UCF. Give me the Knights, lay in the four and a half, but I'm going to take the under in this one, man. 68 points is a lot of points. Right? I mean, Andy, what do you think?
3: Uh The only, I see it right now. I'm looking at the, uh, the only thing at, at 67 and a half. I, I like the over. I just think there's going to be a lot of points. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure how Georgia Tech stops UCF. I think Plumlee is going to, you know, I think this would be if they win their third Gasparilla win in the last five years. So it's kind of like a, it is a home game for UCF in a way. Sure. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to be, I, again, I, I think it's, you know, it's going to be kind of like that Western Kentucky old dominion game. It was like 38, 35 and overtime. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's just going to be a lot of points and it could be final scores something like 48, 32, you know, like it get you to 80, 31, 37, you know, so I, I I do like the over, and I you know if I had to choose, I I badly want to take Georgia Tech just because I, when it gets to these shootouts, you know we're gonna we're gonna see who blinks. You know Georgia Tech. I was looking at their schedule at the end of the year. You know they 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 beat Syracuse. They lost to Georgia by eight. You know yeah. Georgia needed a game. It wasn't like they were. You know they got yeah. they got they got trucked by Clemson by twenty one. They you know they went to yeah. Virginia one by twenty eight. You know you they don't beat- know what you're gonna get. Right. They beat UNC. So, you know, Georgia Tech's the kind of team, too, where like nobody's, as you're saying, leaving the portal, going for the portal. It's like they're right in the middle. Right. It's kind of the yeah. worst place to be maybe a little bit in college football. Nobody's coming to you and yep. also nobody's leaving you. You get yeah. who you get. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the the rambling wreck. And maybe it's because I just like Bobby kremens but I'm, gonna go with, uh, okay. I'm going to go with OK, I and tack in the over.
1: Tech and the over Jim what do you what say you I well
2: I, I don't know much about these two teams but uh, you know I do like Central Florida I've, I've watched them in the past play they, they seem like a a pretty good contender you know in one of these bowl games but uh, I would probably do the under at 68 and take uh, Central Florida
1: yeah, yeah. okay yeah. all right right yeah. there with you I'm right there with you on that one Now, guys, those college games are a lot tougher to break down this time of year to figure out who's in the portal, who's transferring, who doesn't get to play, what's happening, who's sitting out for the draft, right? Now we get to the easy part. We get the three NFL games, and we know what we're getting here, right, guys? So let's jump. Let's save that Rams game. Now we got the Rams on the docket for you, Jim, Rams (laughs) alumni. We got to have your team on there. But we'll save them for last, and we'll jump on the Cowboys, Plus one and a half at Miami. The over-under here is 51, guys. Now, this is a huge game. Both of these teams need this game. Miami has to win this game, or Buffalo's going to take the division from them, I'm telling you right now. And Miami has to uh, play the Ravens next week, I think. So they don't have time to fool around. they got to get this game. Now, the Cowboys, they dumped a bad one this week to Miami. But the Eagles also lost and helped them out. But the Cowboys also have to play Detroit next week. And that's not a cakewalk, man. So this is a game both of these teams have to have. So this is a tough one because the Cowboys are a terrible, terrible road team, man. But listen, I'm going to roll with the Cowboys here. I, I, they got to get it up in one game. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm just not sold on Miami, especially with Tyreek being hurt. I just think they're a false prince this year. You watch them play, and even when they're bombing people, you're kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? I'm just not sold on Miami. I'm going to take the Cowboys to finally get it together on the road, plus one and a half, and give me the over 51. A lot of points going to happen here, I think. Andy, what do you think?
3: You know, the, the real key to this game is if Hill plays, right? Yeah. If Tyreek plays, and we're taping this on a Tuesday, so we don't know yet, it no, you know, no. won't be game time. But I'm going to kind of go under the assumption that he's going to play. Right. Like, I think yeah. that was why they held him out last week. They were like, we're going to beat the Jets without you. We don't need yeah. you. I mean, <laughs> we would love for you to play. We want you to get 2,000 yards in 16 games, all that stuff. But we don't, we don't really need you. So, uh, though they would never say that, of course, you yeah. know, uh, the these Chiefs. two teams are, these two teams are, they are, they are the, are the Spider Man memes pointing at each other. Right, because these are the bully teams, these are the teams that beat bad teams badly and lose to good teams. Anytime these teams play a good team, they lose both of them. Yeah, Cowboys, bad on the road. Been saying it all year. When they lost Arizona, I was like, they're bad on the road. I predicted them remember to lose at Carolina because they're bad on the road. I am not jumping off that bandwagon now. I love it at one and a half. I'm I'm gonna ride with the Dolphins because I think they need it more, to be completely honest. (laughs) Dallas. Worst case scenario is a five seed. Dallas, worst case scenario, travels to Tampa, to New Orleans. You know, they'll be fine, ultimately. And and so, and so also, Dallas plays Detroit next week. Probably could mean, could be for the two seed. Could also yeah. be if not, right? And, and so it doesn't, we'll see. You know, Philly's got a pretty easy road if you look. I think the Philly, Philly's yeah, got the Giants twice. And if they went out, regardless, Dallas will be the five seed now. They have the same record. So uh then they they have the Giants twice, and I think Arizona is, is in between for Philly. Sorry, something like that. But it's yeah. an easy game. My only point is once Dallas is out, they're gonna be at the five, and I don't think it's gonna matter to them. The dolphins need it more, right? They're at three or four sure, losses, sure. whatever they're at. Yeah. And it, you know it's not out of the realm for Miami to miss the playoffs, right? Because no. you still have the Colts, you have the Browns. You have the Texans. You have mm-hmm. uh, maybe the Steelers floating around there. All like six losses, right? And Miami could Miami goes here, then they go to Baltimore, and then they finish with the Bills.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And that's going to be the last game of the year, that Sunday night flex game. We'll write it down right now. It's going to be Bills the at the division.
2: Yeah. or the division,
3: right? For sure. So I, I'm just – Buffalo needs them to lose, but I, I'm going to take Miami, and I'm going to take the over. I think with Hill comes okay. back. I don't think Dallas is very good. on the run. Also Dallas can't stop the run. No, they can't proven by James cook. And then you're going to put Mostert, and you're going to put, you know, a Shane out there and then you're going to run little jet sweeps and you're going to run a little sweet. It's like, it's just going to be a lot of running. So, uh, I like the dolphins. I like the over. Okay.
1: okay. All right. Jim, where you land mm-hmm. on this, the tough one, man.
2: Yeah, it is. I like exactly what Andy, I mean, I couldn't have said it better, but, uh, yeah. Cowboys don't do too well on the road. Uh, they're not one of my favorite teams by any means, but no, uh, I think Miami's hungry and uh, yeah, I think uh, Miami is going to take this one And but I'm going to do Miami and do the under.
1: You'll take the under on this yeah. one. Okay. All no. right. All right. Well, Hey, let's move right into this next one and keep it flying here, guys. This is another big game. This is Monday night football, uh, Baltimore Ravens plus four and a half at the 49ers. These are the two best teams in their conferences. Correct. I mean, the Ravens are the best team in the AFC and the Niners are the best team in the NFC. This could very well be the Super Bowl. Just won't Mm -hmm. be played in San Francisco. Now here's where I'm at on this man. Lamar is Lamar. There is no doubt about that, but the 49ers defense is just built different than anybody he's been playing. And I think they're up for the task. The key to beating the Ravens, uh, and Andy knows this, I beat this like a drum all the time. The key to beating the Ravens is playing from ahead. They they do not play well when they are behind, man. Their style of football kills them. It runs the clock. You've got to get out front early, and that's exactly what the Niners do to people. I mean, you, Purdy, Debo, IU, McCaffrey, uh, they're loaded. They're loaded, and I just think they're going to be a little too much for Lamar and the Ravens. And after the Ravens dump this one, the AFC is going to be yep. wide open, man. And it is going to be a lot of fun. Give me the 49ers minus the four and a half. And I'm going to take the under in this game. Andy, what about you?
3: It's, you're, we're getting to be about the top of the market for the 49ers, which is, encourages me to go the opposite way. Just like a couple sure. weeks ago, we're at the top of the market for the Lions, right? The Lions were very good. And, and then we're they're getting like eight, nine, ten points. It's too much. Uh, look, the Ravens, this is too much. Right. And just point spread wise. It's too many points. There, there's no doubt. Like, look, I San Francisco's better. I am, you know, if you were like just in money line, yeah, I would probably go San Francisco. But four and a half Monday night, I don't know. I it it to me, it's not enough Raven respect. Ravens have mm-hmm. led and like ninety percent of their games. If you saw that stat on Sunday night football, right? They've led every game into the two minute mark. Not even San Francisco has done that. So look the this sort of game lines up where, yeah, you know, San Francisco has better skill position players for sure. Uh, except a quarterback, right? And and if you can get a Lamar Bomb and you might get one of those, right? Lamar a Lamar Bomb will could go off at any moment. And he could single-handedly drag that team uh through. And it's true. So I, uh, you know, the defenses are just as good. It's not like the 49ers defense is so much better than than um you know, San Francisco's also. I would. I'm aiming towards Baltimore. Clearly, like Baltimore's going to watch what Cleveland did, right? Mm-hmm. So we, like just drop back, force Purdy, force Purdy to pass. Like let's see it, right? Now Debo helps, but just do what the Browns did. The Browns were rush three, rush four, and then dropped everybody else back, and then beat me that way. You know, and it, it McCaffrey's going to get his yards. It's not like that's going to slow down. You know, I don't think the Ravens are going to just come shut down everybody. So that's why I like the over and I like Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I think Baltimore. I, I think Baltimore is a live, live dog. The whole world's gonna be on San Francisco.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm not gonna disagree with yeah. you there. And the Browns did play that well. The Russian three, drop everybody in the middle of the field where he loves to hit that dig route, that late yeah. crosser. That's what Purdy likes to do. But here's the difference, though Browns got Miles Garrett, and everybody else don't, but we'll see got, how that goes. You know,
3: the, but the Ravens, you know, they got clowns, yeah. They, they got guys, they got, they got, some got dudes, guys, right? And they got they some got dudes. dudes. And I guarantee you, Harbaugh is Harbaugh's just as good as coach or better than Shannon. Harbaugh's a like great he's, coach. He's watching, he's watching that Browns game. Like, yeah. absolutely in the film room. Like, what did they do? Like, that's that AFC North football, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's see. Let's see. it. You know, I, if this was in the Super Bowl, I might be more inclined to take the 49ers. But something tells me in San Francisco, the Ravens show up, and, and we see what they are. All right. right. Jim, what do you think?
2: I'm going to take the 49ers, I, I yeah. you know, and I'll do the, uh, I'll do the under, but, you know, I love McCaffrey. I think that guy is just, I mean, he kind of carries the team and uh, uh, I, I love their organization, you know, the general manager, all those guys. And I think playing in San Francisco, I think they're going to have an edge. So, yeah, yeah, yep. I, yeah, I'll take, I'll take 49ers.
1: Okay, yeah, I think McCaffrey should get the MVP, but he won't. They'll give it to yeah. a quarterback, so hey, let's jump on offensive this last player one. Of the
3: year. Offensive, what's that? Yeah. offensive player of the year. Offensive, MVP and, is not a, a non quarterback. Oh, yeah,
1: I, I know they won't give it to a, a non quarterback, and he's clearly the most valuable player in the league. But you yeah. know, it's right. it's it's silly. No, but anyway, you know, I
3: gotta be honest, in San Francisco, I don't think he's the most valuable player in San Francisco, I think it's Debo. I think if I you took know, McCaffrey I out, I think he, they would just put another one of their 70 running backs that are identical. Oh, like I don't ten, know. And, and it would be just fine. You replace Debo, though, then it becomes different. Ayuk gets off with Debo in there, then you have McCaffrey. Right. I I don't know, man.
1: I'll have to disagree with that, Andy, just by saying, you know, the general consensus when you got a running back like McCaffrey and Jim, you know, this is the try and well, a running back. That's good. Like McCaffrey is to stack, the box, right? Eight in the box. Yeah, You can't do that to McCaffrey because he'll burn you all over the field. So they got to get into these weird drops and these middle zones and things like that. And I think that opens Debo up to do what he does, but six of one half dozen of the other, both great players, man. Great players. Let's jump into this last one here. We got the Saints plus four and a half at your Los Angeles Rams, Jim. The over-under is 44, and I'm going to keep it simple here, guys. Um, The Saints are a very good football team, and they're scoring a lot of points the last two weeks and winning games, but it is no secret that they are in disarray. Car can't get along with the offensive line. The defense don't like the offense, and it's crazy to me that this team is not going to make the playoffs and win that terrible South Division. They've got one of the best defenses in football. They go out and get their franchise quarterback. Car, he's not the great, but he's good enough. When you got guys like Michael Thomas and and you got Alave, you got uh, Kamara's one of the most explosive backs in the league. Why is this team so bad? Because they're not a team. And I just yeah. don't think that catches up with you eventually, man. I think it catches up with them this week when they play Stafford and the Rams, who are red hot right now. They're gonna charge their way into the playoffs, guys. Give me the Rams minus four and a half, and I'll take the over here. Andy, what do you think?
3: Schedule loss. It's a schedule loss for the Saints. Man, it's because next week it doesn't matter what happens this week because next week they play they go to Tampa. Right? So and that's that's what matters, right? They don't they're they're not. Probably going to make the playoffs a while. They could. I mean, there's like fort the Vikings, maybe. you know. But it's a, you know, you're going to have to get some tiebreakers, and the easiest way for them to do it clearly is next week, right? They've already beaten the Bucks. I think they beat them once in, in New Not completely sure, but that yeah, schedule. But next week's game is at Tampa. And that, that's the game, right? That that is the that is the game that matters more than this Thursday game. So I kind of expect New Orleans to, you know, maybe not show the. The, the full new orleans play call system here i also don't think dennis allen's a very good coach yeah. i think New Orleans coach is bad right and i think mcveigh is a great coach so i think it's uh i think it's a troubling you know i think i think the rams are their offense is great i think carr there's a stat somewhere out there on the internet where carr is the worst quarterback in the, the red zone like he's good from the 20 to the 20 but inside the 20 there's nothing good that happens like he that's never that's carried
1: makes, over from oakland man for right sure. so he never yeah. makes
3: the right decisions the Rams defense is gettable, but the Rams have done a great job, you know, of getting Williams and you know Puka Nakua. They, and mm-hmm. that, that's just an offense. They got a lot of young guys on defense. McVay is I mean, I think he probably should should be up for like coach of the year. I don't he think should. he's win. I think that guy from Houston will probably win who's been DeMar- DeMarco It was also been tonight. incredible. But this is the, one of the best coaching jobs this year. I think McVay has been incredible. So uh, I also like the Rams in this spot. I just it scream schedule loss to me. Uh, I don't, again, don't think it matters. And I also like the over. I think, I think both these teams will score and it is a time -time Thursday night game. So be careful, but be careful uh,
1: them over unders on Thursday nights. But Jim, uh, what do you think? Yeah. You, you brought up a good point, Mike
2: is like a team that doesn't play well later in the season, you know, they may play well because they're all individual athletes, right? In the beginning, they're all just gung ho about creating that space of I'm the star, but, you know, that eventually runs out. Right. So you got to, you got to play as a team, you know, when you get to, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 games in the season, you better play as a, as a team and the saints just aren't there. Um, so, you know, I, I'd have to say, you know, the Rams are going to come out ahead on this one just because I I just feel like they're, I don't know. You can just kind of see it. Like they don't, they don't play together as a team. And, uh, Late in the season, you better play together as a team, and that's, yep. that's usually when people, you know, these teams go to the Super Bowl because they're all they're, they're all speaking to each other and they all have the same terms and and they all love each other. I, I just don't see that with the, with the Saints, but yeah, I'll take the Rams, but I think it's going to be uh, probably over the yeah. overs there. Okay,
3: yeah. you know, you know, Mikey, too. The best case scenario for these Rams are they want to win and they want San Francisco to win against Baltimore and then they, they so they want to win Thursday and they want San Francisco to win on Monday because the next week they want San Francisco to win due to the fact that they have that game lead on Philly or Dallas or whoever Detroit and then they're cuz the Rams last game of the year is at San Francisco. The Rams do not want to go into week 18 with San Francisco left with something to play for. They want San Francisco mm-hmm. to take the week off, right? And take that bye and then take that another their playoff run bye. So kind of best Case scenario for the Rams is when and San Francisco wins, you know, and, and on the New Orleans side, they have next week, they have, they go to Tampa, right. And then let's just assume Atlanta wins, you know, and now everybody's like seven and eight or eight and seven or whatever, whatever, eight and eight, the last week of the game season, New Orleans, uh, Atlanta comes to New Orleans. So the, the schedule spot, just, it just screams Rams. It screams it here. So yeah. if you're going to bet New Orleans, you better you I mean, you better be careful. Did you just know yeah. what you're doing, right? Take the points. I, yep. you know, tease them up to ten and a half. Like this, I think this game would could be similar to that Washington game with the Rams where they kind of get out big and then the Rams like decide to drive around Hollywood and not finish the second half, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Prevent and eat the yeah. clock and all that. But you yeah. know. Well, you see, Jim, that is why Andy's such an integral, valuable part of this show. People listen to see where they might want to lay a couple of bucks this week. It there gives the in-depth dive there where you things you got to think about. And those are excellent points, Andy. I appreciate that as always, man. Well, hey, that's the big six picks of the week, man. Uh, Jim, I got to thank you for being on the thank show you. this weekend, man. It's always great to have you on the show. Thank and- you love to have you back anytime you want to come back absolutely
2: brother. and thank you for the invite and andy nice meeting you
3: nice meeting uh, you take it easy on us uh, out there jim please all i need all to right. thanks man Appreciate
1: all right get it. to that show man we'll see you later we'll see you next yeah. time guys Stay all for right for another episode of alright bet